Welcome to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Iman. And I'm Sabria. And we are so happy to be back. Um, do you know why we're so happy this week? We are happy because next week there's going to be a what? Oh, the, the, the week we were born. Next week, Black Girl Brunch will turn five years old (laughs) wowzers we were just early 20 somethings when we started this and now we're about to say not anymore almost both of us now we're about to be in our 30s and our podcast will be five years old and you all most of you all were with us the entire time. So, you know, we're so grateful to be turning five. We feel just as committed to this podcast then as we now as we felt then. And guess what? We're going to have a very special surprise for you. And I'm going to leave it there because everybody know I'm not yeah. good with surprises. So, yeah, I feel fired up, baby. Yeah, I'm the type of person that will definitely tell. So that's all I'm going to say is just be just be watching everything. You got me so where did I get that from? Was I on a dance? They said, they got me tied up. Huh? Sorry, I was looking at my belly button. I'm I said my so belly button. <laughs> it's the song. It's the picking the belly button. I'm just like, am I on a call with an 11-year-old boy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't picking. I just was looking at my belly button. Oh, okay. Much better to just stare at it <laughs> randomly. Just make sure it's still there, you know. So let's get into this phase four, right? Yes. This week's phase four, four careers we wanted as a child. And you want to give the folks a little bit of the background and inspiration behind this? Oh, I'm obsessed with doing inner child work. Not to sound like a um the fact that like not to sound like a typical millennial woman, <laughs> but I am obsessed with inner child work. And I feel like it's very important to I feel like because we don't treat i feel like the elderly and the youth like get a lot of the shit into the stick so like something that ever since i was younger i never wanted to forget what it felt like to be a teen to be in my 20s like so i can be more understanding of people that are right there right now so um yeah so that's what i was inspired from like just how my thought process as a child all the things i wanted to do like just thinking, not even thinking about like the logistics, just like being like, oh, I want to do that. Yeah. No. And I, and you know, it's so funny. I was in a really uh, crabby mood last week. I think I shared it with the entire universe. Um, And this to make myself feel better, I literally had to think, I, I felt like a kid again. I was like, what did I do as a child that I loved? And I loved exploring. So I literally just went outside with a water bottle in my hand and a tote bag and was like, I don't know where I'm walking, but I just started walking all around. And five miles later, I was in a better space. So mm-hmm. it was just like, sometimes you got to do the things you did when you were a kid. And I think that the the older we get and the more real life sets in, you can kind of move away from those things. But mm-hmm. a lot of the, the things you enjoyed as a child are like fundamental to who you you are and can continue in your adulthood so it's mm-hmm. okay to go back to that childhood and I think that that's one thing millennials got right is that you do have to like you know serve that inner child and not become such a serious weirdo adult you know <laughs> exactly so, let's start with you first four careers that you wanted as a child so first I used to really want to be an actress um I went I did I talked uh, I know I talked about it a lot, but um, I used to act when I was a child. Um, 
my parents took me to New York when I was four. I started when I was four, get headshots and stuff. And um, because I expressed that I wanted to be an actress. And um, when I got to New York um, for the commercial I was supposed to do, um, I got scared and I didn't want to speak. <laughs> I just took headshots. I was too scared to speak. My parents had rented a limo. Like it was all, they went all out. I didn't say a word um, until we got back home and I was in the car and I was like, back to Philadelphia. That's all I said. <laughs> your, your parents was just like, now, wait a minute. Because <laughs> I didn't want to speak. I was too shy. But um, I wanted to be an actress because like, I just loved talking to people. I loved entertaining people when I was a kid. Um, but now how to get around that is like, I can write. Um, because I know I am not good in front of the camera at all. That's not true, um, though. That's just not true. I think you I could get be myself in front of the I could camera. Be my, I could be myself in front of the camera, but no, I can't be somebody. I else. disagree. I even disagree with that because I feel like every time, like I bully you into like serving, you do. It's just you don't enjoy it, but you are good at it. Yeah, I don't really like it. Yeah. I don't like all the attention. I'm like, I feel oh, like sometimes you just got peer pressure, Sabria, and I'll be feeling like Joe Jackson when I do it. But I'm like, I'll be like ah. but look at that's how my dad. That's how my dad used to be, and my plays and stuff. He used to be like, <laughs> and oh, yeah, so y'all can't see what I'm doing, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I really was a theater actor when I was a kid. That explains so much. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing, I used to want to be a plastic surgeon. Um, <laughs> very wild Makes for sense. a child. Um, my when I was a kid, my mom, <laughs> we used to watch like plastic surgery docs, like people getting work done. And then I used to watch. Um, this is a terrible show, but there was a show when we were a kid called The Swan. I knew you was gonna say The Swan. <laughs> um, it was when people who were quote unquote ugly, ugly literally all they needed was their hair done. Like all they needed was their hair and nothing. And new to outfit. like stop eating, drinking so much Pepsi, or and stop and like fix their posture. That's all yeah, they, they need to fix their posture and like stop posture. eating they- a Domino diet and like maybe because the thing is, it was a type of body where it's not even like they were huge. It's just that they were just like they didn't care. Yeah. Honestly, all they needed was some spanks, if we being real. All they needed was some spanks, their hair done, and fix their posture. But anyway, they took it far, and they literally redid their whole face. And bodies. And, every- and bodies. Um, and ever since I was a kid, I have been, like, so obsessed with plastic surgery. Like, even now, I follow, like, so many plastic surgery blogs. I can look at somebody and tell what they have got done, like, ever since I was a kid. But I just don't. I can't do like the smell of a hospital or like smells and my hands aren't sturdy. So that counts that out. Um, You have to have sturdy hands to do plastic surgery. The swan is on Amazon. Are you serious? I hope it's free. I just Google where is the swan streaming. (laughs) I'm about to get my life. But also that explains to you all why I am so obsessed with making Sims. Because if you play The Sims, you know that when you randomize them, sometimes they look like whatever they look plain and stuff like that. And I, it's my chance to give them plastic surgery, and I'm obsessed. But so now that I know the Swan is on there, oh my god, I'm going to be obsessed. yes, I freaking love plastic surgery. Um, but 
you know, hands not sturdy, maybe in another life, maybe one of my kids can be a plastic surgeon and I can live through them. <laughs> or maybe but you can if, just get plastic surgery. Um, yeah, true. I might, I might probably be. get something little. Um, I, I would want... be so, the, the doctor would be like, Sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Because I watch Nip Tuck. Like, I yeah. am so upset. I had Iman watching Nip Tuck. Like, I am so freaking obsessed with plastic surgery. Um, the third thing, a ballerina. That Aww. is so innocent, like, cutesy, like, little girl, like, thing. I wanted to be a ballerina. Like, I thought a ballerina was the closest you can get to being a princess mm. when I was a kid. And I felt like... That was the princess thing to do was to be a ballerina. So you were right. It true, right? So I feel like ballerinas are modern day princess. Like shout out to the ballerinas. Um, but yeah, I wanted to do um ballet. Um, the last one, no surprise. Um, I'm still trying to do it. I wanted to be Brad though. <laughs> oh. Um, I wanted to be a Brad style so bad. Like when Brad came out, like it was the only thing I could think of. Like I think I told the story before. Like I had the Brett's like head and I used to stare at it. <laughs> and in my mind, I used to be like, look like that, look like that, look like that. And I didn't care. Like I literally did not care if boys thought Brett's were attractive. Like I never even thought of something like that. No. I thought Brett's were pretty. And so that's why I wanted to look like a Brett style. No, seriously. Um, and Ooh. also, like, yeah, I never thought like that. Um, also, like, since I was like obsessed with like plastic surgery and stuff, and like dolls, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like, I'm like, look at this. I'm like, this is amazing. And I'm like, with my mind, that's why, like, when I do my makeup, it's like very bright style because I feel like I change my face with my mind. Period. And you do. Man, manifestation, mind control. Exactly. But yep, that's the stuff that I wanted to be. Also, wild card. Um, I didn't know. I guess this is a funny story. I didn't know what a exotic dancer was, but my god sister was an exotic dancer, and my mom used to joke with her about it, like, oh, like you know, she know, you know, she. Exotic. So I'm like, oh, my god sister, like, is an exotic dancer. So I want to do what she did. So I used to say I wanted to be exotic dancer. <laughs> No, your your father loved that. <laughs> no, my it, yeah, I don't think I told him, but my mom got a kick out of it. She oh no, my mom was the, she. When you got a Pisces as a mom, one thing she gonna do is lead you down the wrong path for a laugh. Who uh, hello? Like that's the reason why I like plastic surgery, cause mom. Same with so. me, murder mysteries. It's just. She's sick. So, um, you yeah. You your own to, way. Because my mom really used to be laughing at her. She's like, yeah, like she, like, because obviously she older than me. But, um, like, but yeah, I wanted. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But also, like, shout out to my mom. My mom always been a supporter of the hoes, like, forever. Like, because yeah. I think my god sister was like, she might have was like 18 or like her early 20s. Like, when she did, like, 18, 19, early 20s. And my mom still was like, she was ahead of, she'd been ahead of her game in a lot of ways. Exactly. My mom always say, it ain't honest work, but it pay the bills. <laughs> Honestly, what is honest work? If, being real? <laughs> if we want to go down that road, we can. It ain't no such thing as honest work. Period. <sighs> <laughs> and on that note, when I was a child, I wanted to be a singer. I did. Aww, that's so I really mom. wanted to be a singer. Um, and I would literally... 
annoy everybody singing the same two songs. My entire family would get so angry. The same like, song. Do you know any other song? <laughs> Do you know any other song? I said, a scribe is a god. Imagine hearing that all the fucking time. And that's not even a singing song. <sighs> Don't tell me that. You couldn't tell me that. I was like, no, scrubs. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh my God, if <sighs> Faith Evans, again, that was my Aunt Wedding song. I always imagine me being eight years old. Like, <laughs> if I had one wish, boy. I, everybody would be like, let me guess. As soon as they like, it's time to play Apollo, I, I got a song. That I'm gonna sing, and no one's gonna suspect it. They, but if you sang Faith Evans, we are absolutely gonna expect it. If you sang Scrub, and the truth is, I didn't know any other song. I don't know why no other song clicked to me. I felt like those were the most beautiful songs. Like the thing is, I liked Mariah Carey songs. I liked Destiny Child. I liked Aaliyah, but I couldn't memorize them for whatever reason. When I heard them, I just was like, oh, I know this song, but I can't memorize it. But those two songs. Oh my God. And then I remember in fourth grade, I just kept listening to I Love You by Faith Evans over and over and over and over again. I just thought it was such a beautiful song. But, Why would um, you think that nobody would suspect the song? <laughs> I just didn't care because I was like, because I'm about to eat it up. And the thing is, I really could sing as like a yeah, child. Yeah, you really, I really could. I remember my cousin Boo Boo was like, I'm going to develop you and season you into being a star. <laughs> like my cousin Boo Boo used to have me in the. Um, basement like performing but he never had me singing he had me dancing to little kim <laughs> it's like no matter what people say we got it going on and i'm like this is not what i want to get break into the biz for like i don't want to do this and then if he had my cousin jamil he would be like y'all that was terrible i'm be honest i'm like damn he was so hard on us <sighs> But I changed my mind because I was, I lost to be an Effie White to this girl who knew how to sing the house fucking down. Okay. Oh, and I yeah. just felt like, I you know what? For that. I just felt like there's a such thing as singing and singing. And because I felt like I couldn't <laughs> sing, I was like, I shouldn't do it. But then I look and I see these people, fucking whisper singers have made it, have made it. Like they have yeah. made it. Girls who really are just a vibe. I'm like, I could have made it. I could have made it because. Yeah. You know, I'm not a vocalist, but who knew? Who knows? But maybe I'll spin the block. Maybe I'll come back. You know, I'll pull a, a Jamie Fox. <laughs> yeah, like y'all think it's funny. She be like, unpredictable. <laughs> DJ, like, won't yep. you play this girl a love song? Remember, we all love that song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Next, I wanted to be a podiatrist. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I remember doctor. this this phase. I thought I my podiatrist was so cool. I had to get a foot reconstruction when I was 15 years old. And my doctor, Dr. Pirano, he was so cool. Like, he just would talk to me about, like, I was not a child. And for because I like Dr. Pirano, I thought I wanted to be a podiatrist. Um, He just was so easygoing and nice. And I was like, I want tattoos, but I want to be a doctor. He's like, I got tattoos. I'm like, oh, you're not a regular doctor. You're a cool doctor. He was talking to me about going to Italy, how he's allergic to hazelnuts. It just was, I told him that I wanted to go to my soft hop. So I hope that my foot um, was healed because, and if I could have a pink cast because I wanted the cast to, make, to match the dress. Don't you know he gave me a pink cast and was like, all right, you're going to look gorgeous at your soft hop. Like, he was such a good doctor. He wasn't even a, a child doctor, but he was really, really great. 
That's and then so they had to take my cast off and they gave me a fucking blue and red cast. Oh, I was livid. I was so happy when they told me that my foot swelled too much and they had to remove it. I was like, <laughs> I went through three casts and I ended up getting a hot pink one again. Dr. Brown, I was like, take this red. This looks like Spider-Man. She wants hot pink. He was a, he was such an advocate for me. So I wanted to be a podiatrist simply because I like that one person. I remember that. And I really believed in you too. <laughs> but like Sabria. I was like, she could do it. I, and I could have. But I was like, I only like my feet. I don't like other people's feet. I think when I was going into the clinic and I started seeing what people's foot problems were, I was like, ew, no, I don't. I just thought that I would do what I put cats on people's foot, you know, maybe fix an ankle, not cut toenails. That's what my grandma would go there for, to get her toenails clipped because she's a diabetic. <laughs> and she can't clip them herself. And I picture me clipping, no, oh, so yeah, no podiatry for me. Um, and also, you don't like you don't like smells. So I didn't like the smell at the hospital. I, it was so suspicious. It's always covering something up, and I was just oh my god, I can't do it. I can't eat in the hospital. It's just ugh. I'm Same. so sorry, you know. And I have had to be in the hospital a lot over the last few years because I was like visiting relatives who couldn't help but be there, and I just was just like oh my god, having to eat in there always really really was the problem for me. Oh god, I can't stand it. Yeah. Um, Next, I wanted to be a hairdresser, um, and I kind of still do. I just love hair. I love playing in hair. I love, I love it. I just always thought that I was going to own my own hair salon, and I would ask for mannequin heads and packs of hair for Christmas, and my dad was so for it because he was like, yeah, you go to cosmetology school, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't until my... Um, my teacher like uh told me that like you you really should go to school for something else that I realized that being a hairdresser wasn't the only thing for me to be. I just felt like cause my mom went to hair school and because like I felt like all the pretty girls did hair. That's just it. True. If you like it was just feeling like growing up that there weren't many options or that the, it's like these are the options and what's the option that's that's for me that fits mm-hmm. my interests that I would want every day. And I'm like anything with beauty. I love being in a hair salon my whole entire life. I would be able to sleep thinking about the hair salon. Even to this day, like if you look through my bookmarks, all it is is hairstyles. I have my hairstyles mapped out from now until the end of, you know, summer because I just care about my hair that much. So it was just so cool to think about being a hairdresser. But then my, t- my counselor, I went to Villanova and I really love being on col- like a college campus. I love the food. Like Sabrina, you was with me. I think when this all started happening, we started going on yeah, all these college tours and I like, they were being so nice to us. So pleasant. It was just a lot of college prep in our high school. And um, I found out about something called communications. Cause I was like really into magazines, like my whole life. And I was like, how can I be, like write for 17 magazine? Like I want to do an article on like, does he like you or not? Like I would love to do an article on that. And my, <laughs> counselor was like, oh, you want to go for communications. You could be a journalist. So that's my final thing I wanted to be as a kid. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to write for like 17 or be on E! News. Like E! News was like my biggest thing. I wanted to be Juliana Rancic Reloaded. And I kind of still do. And I'm, you know, I know people have their thoughts on her, especially with the Zendaya thing, but I would be such a liar if I said she wasn't the blueprint. Her and Oprah were the blueprint for me. I really, and and the Tyra Banks show, oh God. I really just wanted to have my own show. And (laughs) look, we did it. I have a show now. And it's not quite the same thing, but it's way more me than any of those things probably would have been. Who knows what the future could hold? (laughs) But um, who knows what the future could hold? hold? (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, so that's what I wanted to be when I was a child. That was so cute. 
Yeah, it was fun. I really enjoyed that phase four. Y'all, let us know what you wanted to be when you were a kid. Um, and let us know what you want to be now because the dreams don't die just because we grow up. That's the whole point of this conversation. Keep dreaming. All Girl, right. I, now, I know I'm going to keep dreaming. So let's get into toast for sis, shall we? This week, we're toasting to our sis, Laverne Cox, who became the first transgender person to have a Barbie designed in her image. Okay? So Laverne just said when she was um, given this opportunity, she said, I hope all kids who are feeling stigmatized where their health care is being jeopardized, whose ability to play sports is being jeopardized, I hope that they can see this Barbie and feel a sense of hope and possibility. That's beautiful. So be- I love Laverne Cox. Like she is so iconic. Also, like never forget she told me she liked my hair. When? <laughs> I thought I told you, Fashion's Night Out. When I was um when I lived in New York, I was at I don't know I was at a fashion party. I literally used to just get in. So huh? I was at a fa- I was at a fashion party and she was there. Um, so other celebrities was there. Um, and I had like on this faux fur coat, and this is when I had my hair in like Senegalese twist. Um, and I had it like Senegalese twist in a bun and ha- half up, half down. Um, and I saw her at a table and I like waved to her like hi, because I think I saw her at another party before that. And uh, yeah, I did. I saw her at another party before that. And she was like, I love your hair. And I was like, what? You? No. Laverne, see, that's the thing. I would think of that on my on my saddest days, but like whatever. Laverne Cox fucked with my hair. Yeah, she really did. Like, why was I at? I literally was like twenty. <laughs> I was like twenty one. Like, I was really at parties. Like, you used to get into the craziest places. I was like, all right. Just call me when you get home. <laughs> I really used to get. Then it was like a performance. It was literally like a fashion. It was like a fashion after party. Forgot what show it was, but I was there. Oh, I fucking love. And I remember somebody sidebar somebody from Tumblr messaged me and said I was waiting in line and I saw you walk past and go right in. Damn. You know how I feel about that. That's my that's favorite why I don't like partying. That's why I, that's why clubbing in um Philly just don't do it. For it don't me. do it. I'm sorry not to sound like that, but it just don't do it. But for we me. that's happened so many times where we were able to walk past. Remember that time you got us like those those tickets for uh Easter State, and I felt I was like, oh, I love being okay. able to walk by. And you said like, it's not supposed to be like a superiority thing, and I'm like, well, it is. <laughs> yeah, it I always ne- is. The thing is, I would never like. If if there's a year that I have to buy tickets there, I'm not going. <laughs> no, I'm not buying. That's my. I've never. That's my thought on like anything where the masses are like festivals and stuff. If I have to buy a ticket, I don't want to go, and that's okay because I'm manifesting that I get tickets or press access. That that's what I want. So that's that's the only way I would be interested in staying it standing, and all that. Yeah, because we got tickets to May in America. We had a terrible time, but it was so great that we had. <laughs> it was it was a be- it was a cool experience, and we also got tickets to Poppy Juice, which I'm so excited right. for. I want to go again this summer. Same. All right, so that's it for uh, Toast for Assist. Um, we're moving into tea time now. Did y'all know that Winnie the Pooh was remixed to Winnie the Pooh <laughs> Blood and Honey? 
Yeah. I'm at like when you read the synopsis earlier, I'm like, wait, I kinda wanna see it. Cause I'm like, it kinda like it like have a story, you know? Like it makes sense. But when I it's crazy because I follow the people, of course I fucking follow them. The um the guy who made the mask, and like I saw that mask like months ago. And I'm like, oh, that's ugly. I'm like, that's scary as hell didn't think anything of it and then i seen this and i'm just like what the it was when i first saw so the stills of winnie the pooh blood and honey have hit the internet and when i tell y'all it's hard to be scary in 2022 because we kind of have seen so many things and we desensitized we're desensitized like we've honestly seen people get killed on camera so it's like well what can be scary take a look at this all right these masks (laughs) are menacing. They're so freaking menacing. Maybe because Winnie the Pooh has been nothing but pure our entire lives. So to see Winnie the Pooh looking actually scary like that, it's just like, oh my God, that is so frightening. Congratulations. And and Piglet, did he look like a full-on hog? (laughs) So Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, um, you'll see... Pooh and Piglet, who are the main villains, going on a rampage after they're abandoned by a college-bound Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin is pulled away from them, and he's not giving them food. It made Pooh and Piglet's life quite difficult, and because now they have to fend for themselves, they essentially become feral, and they go back to their animalistic roots. They're no longer tame, and they're a vicious bear and pig who want to go around and try to find prey. They kind of sad. <laughs> they kind of did like sad. it's a story like I get it like they would get mad because they homie left them I know I really want to see what Eeyore, Eeyore is going to do is he part oh, of it I, will, I don't know but I will shit bricks because <laughs> that nigga was low key scary anyway because he, he was so sad but why would they even have him in a child's movie I, I mean child like, I used to be I hate him like he always bringing shit down I hated it so bad like he literally was just like he, he he <laughs> like, oh, nothing. Just sitting around, letting life pass you by. I'm like, oh, come on. Like, you literally live in an enchanted, like, village? A, he was like, forest? he was just ungrateful, I feel. And then, like, Tigger, a lot of people love Tigger growing up. Yeah. I couldn't really get down with him because I felt like he was too mischievous and he was always annoying Rabbit. Yeah, also like him doing that bouncing on his tail. I'm like, sit down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up rabbit. I always understood rabbit. I always understood rabbit. I always felt like they was giving rabbit hell when he just wanted to keep his garden up. I people a lot of a lot of people don't disagree, but I always understood rabbit's perspective as a child. Like, leave him alone. God yeah. damn. Like, yeah, Tigger was too all over the he was too like he was all over the place. Like again, the bounce. <laughs> yeah, he was adorable. Um, and Piglet, I love Piglet I, too. I love Pig. Also, I like Piglet because he was pink and little. I just love Winnie the Pooh because all Pooh wanted to do was walk around with no pants and eat. Come on, he's so cute. Something to be admired. 
But um, this movie is going to be really, really gruesome, <laughs> and I can't wait to see it. I really see. I'm going to crack the fuck up. Those are type. Now those are the type of movies me and my mom be watching. <laughs> I typically don't like slasher things like that because I feel like the whole movie is about how creative they can kill. And I'm yes, just like, basically. I don't really enjoy that. Like, I want to, I want people to be able to get away from the killer. But in those movies, the killers kind of win. And I'm just like, Ugh, no. Like the Terrifier or Terrorizer. I think that's the name of the movie. I hate it. With the clown? Yeah. Me and my mom love that I hated that movie. Oh, my God. We was cracking up Art the Clown. I hated it. I hated it so much because I'm like he had he was a pure evil. He had no mercy for anybody. That little hat on, <laughs> like stuff like that. Me and my mom. And this guy me. turned it on. I was like, why would you put this on? Like you didn't even ask if I liked this type of movie. I was like, can we turn it off? And we started watching The Haunting of Hill House, which was great. That's oh, yeah, a haunted to... story I like. I need to buy. You said that's a haunted story. <laughs> me and my mom have watched The Terrifier. I think like twice. Hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right so speaking of the terrifier mona lisa all right so everybody gathers to see the mona lisa at the louvre all right but one man who's 36 years old he put a wig on and he got in a wheelchair to get up close to it and then he smeared cake on the glass protected protecting the mona lisa um and it was uproar. Like, everybody went crazy. Like, the security came in, and he shouted, um, think of planet Earth. There are people destroying it while security escorted him away. I got my life. That was exciting. That was the most... When I read that news, I was excited. I'm like, yes, finally. Like, people are doing stuff. Like, people, people are being provocative again. People are doing something. Like, he's right. He art. And he's right. He's right. He is right. Y'all can't give shit about this picture so much. And I'm not saying you can't picture. do both. I'm not saying you can't watch the Mona Lisa and care about the earth. But his his act has gotten him so much coverage and everybody keeps reading his quote. And it's just like, do you understand that we actually are killing the earth and we should be a little we bit are. more radical about it? It's just like today that people people treat that as if it's just some like opinion that you should be so tame about. It's like so wild the things we're because we have to, to be live tame here about. and our children have to live here. And maybe if, you if you're about to turn into to. dust tomorrow, maybe you don't <laughs> care because you're not going to be here to actually you you didn't got your rocks off on earth, but the rest of us have to fucking live here. And I would love to live yeah. here without worried about being swallowed swallowed up by like heat <laughs> exactly because like it's hot like again like my rule of thumb is i'm just making up shit <laughs> but i don't like when the weather is the year i was born or mm. i don't like when the weather is my age mm-hmm. today it was 92 degrees mm. that's pushing it a yep. lot yep. and if you live on the east coast our heat is nasty. Like it is so humid. Like my um my old store manager is from Texas and was like, this heat is terrible. Everybody that's from somewhere that's hot comes here and say it's nasty because of the humidity. Yep. And like I feel like as I've gotten older, the humidity has gotten worse. Mm-hmm. So yes, he was right. You're destroying the earth and you looking at this old ass picture. Like also like 
you know, maybe somebody in the Louvre planned that because that was exciting. That was provocative. Like, I'm like, yes, let's bring back like when Sinead O'Connor ripped up the Pope's picture on Sarah Night Live. Like, let's bring that back. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. I love shit like that. Let's get angry. Let's get angry about things that actually impact human life. Let's let's just do it. And you know, he smashed, he didn't ruin the picture. He smashed it on glass. That's protecting the picture. That's what y'all got the glass for. But the fact that they took him to a psychiatric like facility is what is getting me. Because it's like, y'all think he crazy for doing what he did? I think y'all are crazy for doing nothing. Like, he's not the crazy one. I mean, maybe he is crazy. I don't know his record. But I'm just saying, like, if that act alone is what and landed him there and I'm just like come on that is ridiculous but it's sorry it's the putting a wig on for me it's the commitment the, to being the, in the this wig in a wheelchair <laughs> like, so, but the security twisted it there's like he pretended to be the, he, he he faked the disability in order to get like close <laughs> to it and I'm like yeah no that's not cool to fake a disability mm-hmm. however he was being strategic like what's the way that I can get up front and close is if they think if they think I'm not a threat, if if they think I'm uh, have a disability, a if they think I'm a woman, and he was, whoa, boy, did he eat, eat that? And a wig <laughs> is a bob. Bob, so you know, and then it's gonna you bob. I'm sorry, when white people do shit like that, I be, I'm like, that's how you get me. That's how you get me to be your friend. You, I exactly. feel like the only I'm only friends with white people who are radical. <laughs> Literally, exactly. All my I friends, love it. All my I friends. I love it. Like when black. a when a ve- every freaking Halloween, the haunted house that I be working at, vegans come out. They be having those big TVs. They be showing like what goes on in the slaughterhouse. Mm-hmm. They like sometimes they have like animal masks on or like they'll have something on and they just stand there and they protest like you know for animal rights and right I love on. it. Right on. I right told them I walked on. past them. I said, I'm vegan. They clapped for me. They was they was holding a flower. They was about to throw it on you said, I'm vegan. It's a whole ho ho. She good. I she good. <laughs> <laughs> she good. She good. She good. I love all it. Right, all right. So let's get into some auntie uncle drama, okay? <laughs> well, just some auntie. I'm not calling DL my uncle, even though he can't. Hell no. Me. So DL Hugh Hugh uh, wacky ass last name. DL Hugo. Monique, Auntie Monique have gone been going back and forth. So Auntie Mo is this all started because during her stand-up, she claimed that she was supposed to be a headliner, but during the uh, comedy explosion in Detroit, which is like, come on, can we think of a different name in today's age? Comedy explosion. But anyway, she was supposed to be the headliner according to her story and her contract but um apparently that wasn't the truth and she claimed that she was supposed to be the last motherfucking person on the damn stage but clearly things didn't work out that way so it was a bunch of back and forth but Hughley essentially pointed out that she wasn't reading that her contract was wrong I said you would be the highest paid you would be one of the top people but then Monique came back with a no my contract said that I would be the headliner and then he came back with a memo that he shared with her that didn't a, a deal demo which said um highest paid artists and approval of lineup and running order of the show um 
But then Monique came back with a deal memo is not the same as a contract. My contract says that I was the headliner. So, you know, he never really addressed that, but he kept talking about other things. And she also said that she was being, things were being switched up as she walked in the theater. So it's, we don't know right now who's right or wrong, but it's looking to me, if I had to pick a side, I would say it's Monique that was right. How, where did she get the idea from that she was going to be the headliner unless she wasn't going to be the headliner? And I feel like there's no person in Hollywood that they disrespect more than Monique. Like, she exactly. should have been the headliner. It, for real. Because, like, who cares about Neil Higley? Also, um, well, who was the headliner? It was him, right? I don't know who was the headliner It probably was some young nigga that nobody know. Mm-hmm. But, um... From, like, Instagram, an Instagram comedian. Um, but here's the thing. Monique reads. hmm I feel like she be looking at stuff thoroughly up mm-hmm. and down, and that's why people have a problem with her. Yep. That's why, I feel like that's why uh, Medea, I mean, Tyler Perry had a problem with her. <laughs> because she be reading stuff up and down, backwards and forwards, and asking questions. Yeah, yeah, but the thing is, like, she is a prime example of how folks really don't like when black women act like white men. That's all she mm-hmm. did was do what the, what, what the most mediocre white man would do if he gets a contract. He would read yep. it and he would point out when he's wrong. And it's the fact that she's angry about receiving something that she felt like she was promised that people get so mad at. But that's like a human emotion, especially when it's been built up over time, like the disrespect, the disrespect, the disrespect. And one Mm -hmm. thing about Monique, she always say, name a name or keep it on the playground. She always mm-hmm. say that. She always says that. And that's that's a quote I live by. Mm-hmm. If you ain't going to say no names, keep that shit on the playground. <laughs> but she names names. She names numbers. And like she said, I was supposed to be the last motherfucker on this stage. I got a problem, so I'm going to say it right here on this stage because that's where I'm screwed over. Everybody mm-hmm. wants you to hold it in behind closed doors and talk about it. And that way you just kind of get a little pat in the ass for making a mistake. And then, I, no, I'm happy she stood up to him. And DL, you are always on instagram going back and forth with somebody weird like that's weird to me like don't shouldn't you be writing jokes dude like i just feel like 50 cent get him <laughs> sorry <laughs> because he been defending like monique so much and i feel like that's be what that's what it takes sometimes <laughs> unfortunately when like you as a woman you're getting ate up like that's my favorite thing to do is be like go get him dad because i'm tired <laughs> A fight and things like yeah. I had no, I had no problem with calling my dad. I'm gonna call somebody. I'm gonna call my dad. I'm gonna call my cousins. I'm gonna call, call somebody. Sal. I'm gonna call Sal. Like I'm gonna call <laughs> some fucking body. But like I'm just, I'm not doing this thing where God, you go tit and tap for me because go tit for tap with Fifty Cent. <laughs> a lot of people. That's not gonna make sense to a lot of people, but it makes sense to me. Call talk exactly. to Fifty Cent. You I would be at scared. 50. At Fifty. You're going to be scared. That's the thing. That's me and Iman was talking about this before. Like, we going to be like really get into this, like, oh, I'm a girl, like, type of thing. Like, be because, like, for instance, um, I'm looking into buying a car, not going by myself. I'm taking a big guy. I went with my dad, and he was talk to, talk to him. Yeah, talk to him because I just I don't have time for it. And also, it's just like, am I really going to unpack your internalized misogyny? No. I'm not. As a matter of fact, I'm going to activate it because yeah. I'm strong. So it was just like, you know what? There are some days I'm going to fight and there are some days I'm simply going to weaponize the 6'5 black man that I have in my <laughs> life. That's what I'm going to do. 
I'm going to weaponize him and, of course, never putting anybody's safety at risk because there's a big mm-hmm. difference between knowing, doing those two things versus knowing a person who will argue back and forth with a woman but won't say shit to a man. Like, that's mm-hmm. just it. Now, it's not that D.L. Hughley don't say shit to men. It's that he chooses to say things to men that aren't necessarily known for being, like, scary. You know? Yep. Like, goofballs. Goofballs, clowns, media circus type folks. And it's like, why would you want to be associated with that at your big age? And going going back and forth. Oh, sorry. my I forgot my headphones was lighting up. I looked out my window and I was like, <laughs> they're coming. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, going back and forth on social media with people. It's just like, when you are somebody, it's not like he like, you or I, like, you know, just regular old Joe Schmo. It's like, you can be like, I don't know, working on a TV show or like working on, like you got your comedy thing that you're working on. Like, come on. And technically you could say the same for Monique, but I think the difference is that she's constantly disrespected. So she feels she needs to stand, stand her ground. She needs to stand her ground. But, you know, I hope both of them do call Saul and take it to a lawyer because that'll, they'll mm-hmm. be the one to really decide that the folks, the folks gonna choose whoever they like the most. Which uh, did you like the Parker Parkers or the Hughleys more? That's how you gonna decide who side you want. And I'm it was, sorry. Hey, mama. I honestly don't remember anything about the Hughleys. I think there was an episode where, like, with white people. That's that's all I remember. Their neighbors was white, and I remember his okay, daughter was fresh. Was. I remember his daughter was fresh. His son was a snitch, and his wife was hot. Yep, that's what it was. Mm-hmm. And he was me. Who, I did like the Hughleys. I ain't gonna lie when I was a kid, but the Parkers was better. I liked it. The, the Parkers definitely. I liked was anything black sitcoms when I was a kid. It really didn't matter to me what the show was about. I'm like Bernie Mac, sure. I don't care. Like anything black. Yeah, I definitely watched the Hughleys. I'm not gonna lie, but I don't remember. All I remember is there was white people. And, and I, I like you said, a thong and it was a big deal. That's what okay. That's the only thing I remember. The daughter had a thong. It was a big deal. Who made it like thongs was the biggest start to society in the early two thousands. Like oh yeah. my god, my mom still does. I'm like mm. I'm like <laughs> my mom got me so many thongs. She said this on your panty line. <laughs> yeah, because I don't want to see my panty like the kind of stuff I be wearing. My mom's like mm. my mom always got well not like it's not like my whole drawer was she but she got me a few. She's like it's not about that. It's about your panty line not you know showing. It is. But also my mom was just like always had me dressed in a way that people thought that was like oh she <laughs> she fresh. But my mom was just like she's five eleven in the fifth grade. She's not about to be out here dressed <laughs> like fucking. Big uh uh, what's them shits called from Willy Wonka? Oompa Loompa, <laughs> her big ass height. Like she has to dress a little bit older because she is not small. And I'm so happy she did it because I would have looked like a big creep yeah. wearing overalls. If I- <laughs> <laughs> like a big dork if I was walking around with like tie dye capris and shit on. My mom's like, no, you're gonna have to go to Nordstrom or Navy and get you some big girl clothes. I was in fifth grade wearing DKNY because my mom was like, you're not about to be out here looking dumb. <laughs> Grown ass woman wearing J. Crew and shit in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, she said it's not fair but this is what <laughs> she said I know it's not fair <laughs> I said oh well uh, <laughs> so let's get into more uncle drama Dr. Umar versus Shannon Sharp 
That's right. Dr. Umar versus Shannon Sharp. Didn't know that this was the beef I was waiting for. <laughs> I did not know. Had, no, that, this was not on my bingo card. So, but it makes sense, kind of. It do kind of make sense because let's just start this. Let me just start this by saying for a long time, I wanted to marry Shannon Sharp and I thought I would. Because I thought she would too. I was manifesting it. I, I was manifesting it. it because Shannon Sharp was like a funny ass Southern old head that kept himself clean, kept his health good. And I, that's my type. But he started talking crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, one, he started talking about how if it's not he a abandoned child. his daughter. <laughs> he abandoned his daughter. She was a grown ass woman and didn't know how to manage her money. And that was like, I got the ick from that. Like, yo, what type? You are not a man at all if you let your family suffer. I'm sorry. I wouldn't, I don't care how much money Sabria don't make. Like, I just feel like if I'm rich enough to to give you money, I'm going to encourage you to do some things, but I'm never going to like c- cut you off to the point where you living in your car homeless. There is no fucking excuse to do that to anybody That's you love, sick. let alone your child. Your child is your child for life. Your child yeah. for life. And you, of course, you have to put boundaries up sometimes. But your child living in a car, like, come on. At the minimum, they should be able to have housing and food. They read the things you need to stay alive. That is a mm-hmm. damn disgrace. So once um, he he kind of endorsed that, I was like, Ugh. And then I also told him, you know, with a white woman. And I was just like, oh, you know, maybe he wouldn't have been interested in me. That's just what I thought. So there was a fake Dr. Umar Twitter account that mentioned something about um, uh, Dr. Umar having negative thoughts on interracial relationships and Shannon is, and calling out Shannon Sharp. So Shannon Sharp retweeted this fake account and said, Shannon Sharp don't give a fuck what <laughs> Umar Johnson or others think about what he or other people date. What's the problem you worrying about other people? I'm not harming, bothering, or you or taking money out your pockets. Now stay the fuck off my timeline. Enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. So he came really hard. Um, And (laughs) Dr. Umar said, my dear brother Shannon, in a recent video, you expressed disdain for those in our community who are committed to rebuilding and preserving the traditional all-black family. We are not enemies. You are my brother. You have as much right to date snow bunnies as we have to disagree with it. To each his own. We simply pray that you one day return to dating women of your own race. I'm not the owner nor operator of that non-context Dr. Umar Twitter page. I have suspicion that this page is either controlled by non-African or European. Those treats are not coming from my Twitter accounts. Please enjoy your upcoming Juneteenth holiday. Stay black, Brother Shannon. By the way, my name is Dr. Umar, sir. <laughs> That's kind of scary. <laughs> he said, my name is Dr. Umar, bitch. That's crazy. That is crazy. You know he from Philly? Dr. Umar? Yeah. It makes sense. <laughs> makes so much sense. I didn't know he was an actual doctor. I think, yeah, I think he is. He is. Let me read his cred- I was like, huh? What? That is, uh, he said you, he told him to um, enjoy his uh, June, sorry, I said enjoy his, uh, enjoy his June 10th. He called him, they, he called them, what, what was, what did he call white people? He said snow, he said snow, snow bunny. No, he said Negro Negro pen. Yeah, that is fucking I'm about to start using it. 
Dr. Umar Johnson is a doctor of clinical psychology and certified school psychologist who specializes in working with the parents of African-American children who receive special education and or were diagnosed with disruptive disorder. He actually graduated from PECOM. Temple. PECOM. From where? He got PECOM, the Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, which is a really great school. Psych- I, I was psych- born here. Psychoacademic Holocaust, the Special Education and ADHD Wars Against Black Boys is his books. Mm. Wow. If he wasn't homophobic, he would be all right. Yeah, I was about to say, I can't get too excited because I know he did something that people were just like, nah. <laughs> Look, homophobia, that sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, of course. But that's um, funny as hell. That's funny he, as hell that Shannon Sharp uh, cursed out a fake account. That's some old history. Oh, trip. I'm so happy I'm not old. Like, I'm so happy that, like, I was born in the age of, like, the internet to, like, know. Because I know exactly the page. There's no context, Um, Dr. <laughs> Umar. And Umar, I th- Dr. Umar blocked the page, actually. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he blocked the page. And the fact that he thought that it was him, like, it's not verified. <laughs> it, like... If you look on it, it just looked like a bunch of foolishness. And he probably was like, yep, that's, yep, yep, yep. You know, so wait a god doggone minute. He's just revealing himself day by day of being a nasty man. Nasty man. He is, a, like, to me, that's old coop behavior. Like, that's, that's very so, pissy. It's pissy that, behavior. <laughs> nasty, pissy is, old man behavior. That was very pissy old man behavior, I must say. Yeah. Cause that was disrespectful to just come at him over something over a white woman. Like, damn, you could date white woman ain't no big deal. Like, you crazy as shit just to talk. <laughs> Yo. Anyway, that I love auntie and uncle drama because everybody is entirely too damn old for this shit. But they it just go to show you and that. I, and also, this one sounds crazy when I say it. Sometimes I want to know how far old heads are willing to go. <laughs> oh, they willing to go hard for disrespect. They willing like, to go. It's it. the only like, thing I feel like they think they have. And it's kind of true. Like, in this world, like, they be having to fight for respect. So, they true. go crazy. Like, I know my mom, drama, it don't ever stop. I'm like, come on, go further. <laughs> now that's instigating. But okay, let's get into the second <laughs> place, shall we? So, yeah. this week, uh, we have King Harris and his father, Tip Harris. So... <laughs> Over the, I don't know if it was this weekend, last weekend, but it was recently. Um, yes. The kid Kang was like yelling and going crazy at and Waffle, Waffle House, House workers and, because yeah. they got his order wrong. Okay. He's telling them, um, he's on live cursing out uh, the workers, threatening them, saying, You can talk like that outside. Um, hey, I can talk how the fuck I want to wherever I'm at. I'm on live, shorty. Stop talking to me. Everything you make, I can pull out my pocket right now. I'm not tripping on you. I'm not talking to you. And then he decided to threaten uh, employees saying, I'll show you what I do. Come here. Come on. I'm outside. Come out and say something. Get your employees. Right. First of all, for, like people were saying, have you ever seen a Waffle House employee lose a fight? Not me. The way the I don't like to threaten children, but it's okay to spank them. That's all I will say. And I yeah. would have given him a spanking. Yeah, because he just uh, he is being a scoundrel. Like he's he's, be, he's being such a scoundrel, such a hoodlum. Like nasty. It's crazy. That was a so. Brat. 
such a brat and like that was so nasty like first of all none of that money is yours it's your parents none of it's yours um mainly tiny's um but i'm like ew that is just so nasty also like people were saying ti literally was monitoring his daughter's vagina and then look at his son acting a damn fool ti says he said it shocked the shit out of me. Um, but he graduated with uh, honors. I don't understand why we're to live what world we're living in when this is what we'd rather promote. First of all, just because you graduated with honors, don't mean you can't be a little shit. Okay, and two things can be true. People homework. How about that? And I really that don't mean nothing to me because I've known so many like athletes or popular kids who have gotten by, or people have like curved things for them. Like, or how about this? He could be a smart little shit. So why don't yeah, you? True. So you you have to understand why people are going to. To look at both, you have a disrespectful child. He could yeah. be smart and disrespectful. It don't mm-hmm. look at Elon Musk. There are smart people who are crazy and end up being weird people every single day. So it's exactly. like it doesn't fucking matter that he got honors. In the words of my mom, that's what he's supposed to do. He's supposed exactly. to get good grades. He go to school. He has all the support he needs at yep. home. He has all the money. Yes. He has access to the best. Why would he mm-hmm. not be on honors? If you ask mm-hmm. me, what he shouldn't be doing. Is cursing out people and using his money. That is the sign of a somebody with no manners. So he has no and, home training. And it's going to only get, if they don't nip that in the bud, it's going to be worse from there. Like the fact that he is a teenager and he knows to say stuff like, look at how much money I make. Like just that is so, that is going to breed a nasty, nasty in adult. Because mm-hmm. who is he going to be in a relationship? If yeah, you don't stop like, this. Exactly. Like threatening whoever he with. Like, oh, you going me because I got money, like whatever. And the thing is, okay, he's a child, so I'm not gonna he's say. He's a child, yeah. Say. Yeah, so I'm not gonna say what I was gonna say. But um the thing is, he's just like I said, he's gonna get worse from here. So they just need to and the fact that I just can't get over the fact that like it's it's a sh- it's crazy because it's literally like this is what happens with boys and girls. It's happening right. The fact that he was like that on his daughter's ass and being like, you know, talking about something. He goes to her uh, gynecology appointments and like you just letting your son do whatever he wants. And completely humiliated that child, by the way. Humiliated her so bad on Twitter. And now you can't even... Any parent knows to say... I'm disappointed, and we are handling it at home. He's talking something. You better be lucky we talking about this and not them rape charges that you and Tiny got. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, do this child even have a chance? Look at who his parents are. Look at who his parents are. It's the worst. It's it's just, it's the most off, strong and wrong people that you probably can ever be in a family with. I just feel like it, it's just sad that he he was like a strong-willed child. I used to watch the show when um, yeah, me too. You know, it was on. He always was a strong-willed child, but yeah. strong-willed people need guidance, mm-hmm. right? They Otherwise, they can turn into monsters. Yes. So he's young and it's not too late, but that just was very nasty to come and, and talk to workers about how you make more than them. That is just something that I don't care how much money, like Blue Ivy would know better. Blue Ivy would yeah. never. 
Blue Ivy would never. And dare I say, even like Kim would get North to get like, hey, yeah, that's not how like you treat too. people. That's not how you treat people. That's not how you talk to people. And people who don't know how to treat other people are a danger. They're they just, are. no, you need to correct that and not, you know, be on uh, Instagram trying to make it like, we we are crazy for for thinking that that was terrible. And he went on Instagram live to do it. He could have been disrespectful privately, but he decided not to. And like, remember Ariana Grande, they did something similar. Like she did yeah. something similar. She licked the donut um, mm-hmm. and like put it back. Like she did something really nasty like that when she was <laughs> younger. And I mean, her life has humbled her in many ways where she has yeah. kind of like, like came came down to earth. And I just feel like, the same grace needs to be given to this kid, but it's like your, your the parents got to be the, the captain of that shit. They have to be exactly. directing that. Because I feel like, again, like you said, so it's a no chance. Like, mm-hmm. the mom is, the dad is, it's just like, who they that's one weird family like i feel like everybody trying to make weird. will and jada to be the weirdest family no, in hollywood is weird. these are the weirdest people in the business i'm sorry them there's so many nasty secrets going on in that family and it's just like and ugh. they fucking look like the oblongs so <laughs> which is crazy because T.I. ain't used to look like that but he you know didn't. what it is what it is yep god don't like ugly all right, so let's move on into common senses, right? Let's <laughs> this drop week, the ball. We wanted to have a little fun, so we said we're unpacking beauty myths. <laughs> That's right, ladies. <laughs> so there are so many things that you just hear from YouTube videos and from magazines and maybe from your upbringing about how to take care of this and what to do with that and Mm -hmm. we're just here to talk about like some things we've been noticing that simply have not been true so first we wanted to unpack the myth about protective styling so there is this idea that some some things will protect your hair and some things won't and recently we saw this twitter post um it was actually a tiktok and this girl was just saying how like nothing will fucking protect your hair so just kind of do what you want with this especially (laughs) if you have like black hair some people are saying that like, oh, don't get a sewing because then you're leave out. Oh, you know, but don't, can't leave your braids in for too long, but don't leave your hair free. But if you put your ponytail in the same place over and over, then you'll like, you know, don't dry di- your hair. Di- don't yeah. use a towel don't leave to wet. wipe your hair. Don't use a t-shirt to wipe your hair and all this kind of stuff. And I'm just like, what the hell can we do with our hair? Like, I literally will hear some people like the key to healthy hair is keeping it in braids. Then you hear other folks like, no, braids will cause too much tension. And I think that the real answer is that it's a person to person experience. Exactly. Because I'm like, a lot of people like who have been saying certain things and like, I'm not even trying to be funny, be having like brittle ass hair, like from mm-hmm. the jump. Be having thin, <laughs> be having thin hair or like very like lightly curled hair and stuff like that, and it's just like fragile hair. We have very fragile hair, and I'm just like, of course that don't work for you. Like you know, like of course there have been times where I have kept braids in for months under my wig, mm-hmm. and I then like out of nowhere I wash my hair and then it'll be fine. Yeah. But some people can't do that. Some people um, and scalps talk- are different. Yeah, because when I tell you, sometimes my hair be matted, but I bring it back to life. Some people can't do that. Some people be having to like shave their hair off or like mm-hmm. something like that. Literally, all I got to do is wash it and like detangle it. And I'm like, all right, I'm good. Yep. Like, 
everything varies from person to person. Because, like, if somebody have hair where, I mean, I can technically wet my hair in acrylic, but if somebody, y'all know what hair I'm talking about, where people have that type, I would say, like, maybe, like, mixed or, like, if you are, like, uh, you know. Ross even type of hair. Yeah, if you have hair like that, and you telling me that, like, I shouldn't be using a towel, I'm like, like, I can use a towel to dry my hair. Like, it's, like, I can do it. It's okay. Yeah, they literally like, use towels at the hair salon. That's a wild Yeah, part. like, maybe you can't, but I can. Like, it's okay. So, every, it's really subjective, like, what you can do with your protective, like, for protective style. Because I know, for me, like, I feel like what I was thinking at first, um, when I first went natural and stuff, was, like, protective style is supposed to be something that's, like, what's easy. And what's easy and, like, low maintenance. That's what I was thinking of. But now it was like, uh, then it became like a hyper fixation on like length and like re- the health mm-hmm. of your hair and like density and like all these things. And it's just like, we, it's like, what happened to the original plot of the story? Yeah. For me, protective style was always supposed to be low manipulation because the thing is, yes. the more coarser your hair is, the drier your hair is, the more you manipulate it, the more it possibility of breaking off and then less like uh growth and growth retention and the, the, it's, it can start to break it can start to irritate it can start to put tension and all these things so it's mm-hmm. and ease too was all supposed to be a part of it because our hair isn't easy to keep like you know stretched out it'll become mm-hmm. mad if you leave it out and of course certain things can put, put too much tension on your hair so I was introduced to projective style mostly as braiding and wigs. But yeah, then, same. again, you start to learn that braiding and wigs have their downsides, too. Um, also, another thing that I was learning about uh, earlier on is, like, everything you do, you got to do with your hair wet. Keep Heat, heat yeah. is bad. Heat is bad. Mm-hmm. But then you start getting into porosity, and it's just like, well, first of all, I cannot manipulate my hair wet. It will snap off. It will break. My twist outs won't be done the right way. And I started hearing more people talk about how like they cannot do twist outs on wet hair. And it's usually people with my hair type. But then like my cousin who is mixed, can she needs her hair to be sopping wet in order to do anything with it. So again, it's a person to person experience. And then with me, I've started like doing this thing where I've like put my blow dry on low and I blow dry my hair because I'm like, that will, that will help me to deal with it more. And I've been getting my hair blow dry since I was a child. And now all of a sudden, like I'm afraid to blow dry my hair. It's just like, no, it's about how you do it, how you detangle and the heat, the level of heat that you put on there. But like, Mm -hmm. I literally feel like, oh, with me having low porosity hair and moisture not being able to get into the cuticles the heat opens the cuticles up while i'm putting a little bit of moisturizer in there which ends up melting it better so i'm like Mm -hmm. it's all about the science and knowing your hair and also scalp conditions a lot of people can't do certain things because their scalp like me i have to wash my hair after a certain point because my hair will get so itchy that it'll be like red and like irritated i have to do i've been like that since i was a kid i used to have to use like medicated shampoo so that's another reason why some people can't wear braids why some people prefer wigs why some people prefer sew-ins and it's just a matter of like minding your hair and taking everything everyone says with a grain of salt and using your common sense like if your Mm -hmm. hair don't feel good when it's wet but this person is saying it has to be be feel confident enough to follow your gut and not do with a person who may have different hair from you is doing like it can be easy to do because people will frame themselves as thought leaders in natural hair but they're just a leader of their hair and that's all they're doing is sharing their experience 
Exactly. And like all my life, like my mom has always said that she'd be like, dirt make my hair grow. And that's the same thing for me. I know that mm-hmm. sounds nasty that's to say, but like people, black people. me me and my mom, like when we don't wash our hair a lot, it grow a lot. Um, mm-hmm. but also I noticed that like, for instance, last month, no, not last month, because I had nails. So last month I didn't wash my hair like that because I had like um I had charms on my nails, mm-hmm. so it was like hard to so last month I washed my hair once, but the month before that I washed my hair like I was washing my hair every two weeks. Um, and that's what I do every two weeks. Sometimes every it was, week. it was like my hair was really like it was like doing good. Like, mm-hmm. and I would like sometimes like spot wash it in between that, mm-hmm. and it still was like I'm like oh this is you know this is not bad you yeah. know, um but. Yeah, like my hair is just like up and because like sometimes I do need my hair. Like for instance, um, I just got my hair like in a ponytail because I had on like a drawstring ponytail for work. But um, I do generally need my hair to be wet to do stuff, mm-hmm. um, especially to like twist it and things like that. It just works better for me if my hair is wet mm-hmm. and like yeah. hella detangled. Yeah, I feel like your hair is just re- it does react differently to to water than mine does. Like, I need it to be slightly damp to mm-hmm. comb it, but sopping wet, oh, it's nothing you could do with my hair. Yeah, oh, see, God, I need it's my bad. hair sopping wet. That's what I need. I I need my hair like just like a few spritz per area, moisturizer, oil, almond oil, and then comb through it, and it's just like perfect. I have very dense dense hair that doesn't really curl as much as it just waves up like that's yeah. just it so that's one myth we're unpacking another myth we want to unpack is you know some people just have naturally clear skin there's yes. this like idea like you got to know who to listen to about skincare if in specific, if you have problem skin, you have to know who to listen to. A great yes. example of what you, is what you were just saying, like Lori Harvey, didn't she put like some yogurt on her face? Yeah, she put some yogurt on her face. Um, and she has a skincare line. Um, and she was like saying something like that helps for like her breakouts or something like that. Um, and like as somebody who has naturally clear skin, I was just looking at her like girl like you have naturally clear skin like you can do stuff like you can that. put a damn like, egg on your face and it's going you can, exactly like the only like for instance for me the only time that i broke out crazy is when i overdid it with retinol um because that's like acidic right you mm-hmm. right oh no what i did was i had a i used a acidic face mask and then put retinol and i did retinol yeah, it was so like peels my, and acid together. It was exactly. just too intense. So it was too intense. That's the only time like I had like a like breakout or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until like like for instance for me in high school I never had acne or anything like that. It wasn't until recently that like I have been getting certain blemishes and stuff. But like my hair, if my forehead usually breaks out, it's because I need my eyebrows arched or my hair washed. But like I never say anything about skincare like people will ask me what i do and literally i'll be like soap and water that's Mm -hmm. what works for me when i try to do other things like soap water and moisturizer when i try to do other things it don't work out for me sometimes or sometimes i just forget to add it in my routine but i don't really need a routine and 
That's okay. I had wanted a, I want a routine, right. but I can't do too much. Right. So I would never give anybody um any advice. Like I'm the same person. Like I'll kiss, I can sleep in makeup, and then I wash it off, and my skin will be okay. And but everybody is not like that. I'm literally the opposite. Like I have, I was one of those people who like didn't have the worst acne, but I definitely would get it discoloration and like skincare is how like I maintain like if I change one thing in my regimen isn't my skin is not gonna look the same it's just not it's just really not gonna look the same but I can still recognize who to listen to on my advice based on who just has good skin right and then that doesn't mean that just because someone has naturally great or clear skin just because somebody has naturally clear skin doesn't mean that they um that they don't have anything to offer me. That's another thing. It's just like, maybe I will be listening to different things. Like if somebody's talking about a glowy complexion, I'm going to listen to what they're saying. If they look like they have an elevated glow to their skin, because Mm -hmm. sometimes products do help you to get there, especially if they're over a certain age. I'm like, Oh snap. Like her, her skin looks quite tight. Like what vitamin C is she's using? Is she using? Um, but most people don't, um, most people, can't really tell you why they like what they like. A lot of people mm-hmm. just use things because they have a sponsorship, they have a partnership, or they want a sponsorship yep. and they want a partnership. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that's that's super important to unpack. Everybody know I am a Kills girl. I'm a Kills girl. I've been a Kills girl. I've worked for Kills. Now I no longer work for Kills. I pay full price for Kills. When it comes to my face stuff, that's where I'm at. For body. I'm with my Osea, I'm with the uh, Olo, I think the brand is, and now I've gotten into Necessaire, and I really, really like those brands, and like, that's it, like, of course, I'm a person who loves Discovery, so I'll try, but those are the things that I feel like I enjoy, and I am someone with very sensitive, very problem mm-hmm. skin, but that's just what works for me. Yeah. Um. Another thing we want to unpack is, like, all this like bias towards different acrylic nails. Like there's this idea that if like serious girls or like classy girls have the short nails and then yes. it's this idea that like, Oh, if you're hood or if you're a bad bitch, you have like long nails. And like, I will, I will say that that definitely weighs on me when I think about my nails, specifically when I'm at work and I have to wonder if like, do people here like think that I'm like, ghetto because my nails are long i always think that like when i have a job like because one time i had a job and first of all i shouldn't have been there anyway what was i gonna wear um Mm -hmm. anthropology um and i remember i was talking to the interviewer and this is when i had like i had like bright green nails and it had like a biohazard symbol on it Mm -hmm. and i'm talking about my experience and the the interviewer could not keep her hand, her eyes off of my nails. Mm. And that's how I knew that I'm like, I can't, I knew I wasn't going to get it. Um, because she kept on looking at my nails. It was very distracting. Um, and I started like getting nervous and like fumbling like my words and stuff because I saw that she was so, it was just like, looking back, I'm like, that is so dramatic. Like yeah. that is so dramatic. Like she was looking like, like this is ghastly it's like it's not that serious like 
they come off like sweetie it's really yeah, not it's that serious nails. it's just nails and look at listen to the skill set but you know how people are which is crazy but i i feel that way some like people at my job have been nothing but complimentary of my nails but that's because i'm at a place i'm in corporate america so people know not to make you feel uncomfortable for how you show up but i always wonder like is that ever an issue um also like um shorter nails Sometimes I like short nails. I do. And I don't like that the stigma that comes with that is that you are like boring or that you, you know, like on the negative end. Sometimes on yeah. like in the corporate setting, it's just like, oh, look at a classy, clean cut girl. But then I feel like outside of work <laughs> and I have short nails and how the internet frame it, it's just like, um, you know, these are these are the corny nails. I'm like, no, I'm literally going short and I don't want to feel corny. I'm still a savage. Like, no, I still am. I'm holding on for dear life. Like, stop with the nail bias. <laughs> yeah, just let people wear what they want. I know for me, I feel uncomfortable when I wear short nails. Like, I don't feel like myself. Yeah, because um, it's part of your identity. I feel like myself yeah. both ways. Like, if I'm wearing, like, the long almond nails, I feel like myself. But then when I'm short, I like to go short square. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I feel like you could definitely go either way. Because, like, I feel like people are also so used to me having long nails that when, if I have... If it's an inch shorter, people will be like, what's going on? <laughs> I just don't like my nails to be bald. I tell you that much. I don't like yeah, when they bald. I feel, well, my hand, like sometimes I feel like my hands like look like uh like doll hands, like chucky hands <laughs> when I don't what? have nails. All right, move on. <laughs> Not chucky hands. Yeah. Um final thought. Final thing, we really just want to give a piece of our mind and unpack the myth. I don't know if who y'all measuring when y'all be making these clothes. I don't <laughs> know who y'all be measuring. I really but it don't know. Definitely ain't no human. It's like on one end, y'all make things for every for the folks with like um who who are surged up. So it's just like if your titties don't sit up naturally, best believe that bathing suit is gonna look like garbage on you. And then <laughs> on the real. on the other end, it's like you I, I cannot get a tank top that fits the top of me. I cannot get a pair of underwear where the triangle fully covers everything in the front. And it's just like, or like sometimes I pull the underwear up and it like lands in an awkward place. Sometimes pants yeah. land in an awkward place. And I know that I am tall. So it's it's not that odd to me that measurements can be off. But I felt like things were better before fast fashion took over. Because even places that you feel like aren't fast fashion are making fashion too fast. And it does not mm -hmm. fit. Like things are not fitting the normal way anymore. Yeah. I don't know what the hell is going on. And that's crazy because that happened to me so this people have know that i have been like i've been a crocs fan for years <laughs> um and no secret and there was a pair that i had got that like i literally always wear the same size in crocs like always like all my crocs are the same size but with the popularity of crocs i noticed that a pair that i got was like um like one like it wasn't the most recent pair but like a pair me and my mom had got a pair and it's funny because I wear a nine my mom wear a 10 they were cut so small that I had to get my mom my mom gave me her 10 and she had to return she I returned my nine and then they sent back the 11 for my mom because we had to size up in the crocs because they were so small and that's never happened like never happened and I feel like people are trying to keep up with like production and things like that that like it's like oop, like a oopsie because the thing is i could have worn but they was like 
you know, tight. Yeah. Um, also, another thing, like, I got a pair of pants, um, and they fit up. But when they get to literally, like, I go over my thighs, but when they get to my butt part, it don't go up. And I'm like, well, these are literally, like, plus-size jeans. Like, and I'm just like, what? Oh, excuse me. Also, when I had worked at Nordstrom, I was, like, smaller than what I am now. And... I thought that I had gained hella weight because I couldn't find, like, I was wearing, like, a size 12, 14. I couldn't fit in a size 12 or a, even a size 16 in Nordstrom. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah, like, like, that made me cut feel, these? that made me feel so crazy. Because I'm like, I literally was just was wearing a 12 and I can't even fit a 16 here, like, what's happening because like when I don't even like it's to the point where I really don't even know my size for real sometimes because like it's all over the place like I got stuff in like extra large and I got stuff in 1x and I got stuff in 2x like I literally have um I mean this is fast fashion so like of course but I have a pair of Fashion Nova shorts that are a 3x I literally never worn a 3x like no shade anybody Fashion Nova is a damn joke though you... I li- also they remind me remember my pink birthday my I had I bought this I got this pink dress for my birthday I got it in I was like in my mind I was like oh I'll get a um I was like oh I'll get a 2x cuz I know Fashion Nova stuff runs small the 2x my titties like poop like i'm like yo what the heck so then i had to get it in a 3x and a 3x fit better but it still was tight and i just was like what is happening like i don't know who that's why it's like i used to tell customers at my old job to like don't get because like some women used to get bent up out of shape for having to wear a medium and i'm like size is literally fake it's like, so fake and if you look at them the measurements is what matters not yes. the like number on the tag like the measurements are going exactly. to be consistent and i had to literally have that conversation with myself earlier today because mm-hmm. i am one of the i am a true size 12 I'm a true size yeah, 12. Yeah, you at, really at are. At my biggest, I wasn't. I was a 16. But at, and at my smallest, I could get into an 8, but it wouldn't be comfortable. Like, I was like a 10, 12. And that has to do with me being tall, and it has to do with me being, like, hippie. Like, thicker legs, thicker bottom. Like, I'm going to always be a size 12. And I am love that. Love being size 12. It's one of the most popular, like, sizes most women probably are between size 8 14 no disrespect on anybody on either end but if mm-hmm. we're talking about numbers that's where most people land so yeah. i'm just like all right size 12 i'm be getting some shorts and i'm just like yo these shorts are up my behind and i, I like my shorts sometimes to fit tight but mostly i like a mom fit like a relaxed fit and i'm like i find myself now having to size up on something that's a relaxed fit and i had to just chalk it today i'm like just size up who cares who cares what size they are you know how you look in them you know how you want them to fit and you know that no matter how much weight you lose like you're you're i think the problem is i come from a poor mentality in a sense a poor and sustainable mentality when it kind of closed where i want to keep them forever and yeah. I've thinking about like, I don't want to buy something and it'd be too big for me in two months, three months. Cause I am mm-hmm. like going hard in the gym. I'm just like, I don't want it to be too big. I want to buy this and I want to wear it for three summers. Like that's how I like to wear it. And my you clothes. also can take stuff to tailors. Don't forget. You can, you, yep, that's true. You could take it in, you could take it to tailors. And another thing you could do is you could donate it. You can give it to other people. You could, you know, I just get so fixated on whatever you get now. Make sure you make sure you spending your money in a sense. And I'm like, that's just honestly. 
you could do your best, but you may not be able to control that. So get the size that fits you now <laughs> and then focus yeah. on that other stuff later, especially with how I'm losing weight now. It's not really pounds. I'm dropping inches. Like I'm, I'm firming up and building muscle. So I don't plan to change that much. I don't want to get that drastic to the point where I, none of my clothes fit because I was there and I wasn't happy with that. So it's just like, I just want to focus on the body that I have now being healthy and staying in my standard range. But mm-hmm. I really don't just have beef with the bottoms real quick. I got beef with the tops, like that little ass triangle that's supposed to cover <laughs> your, your, br- I'm like, come on now. That's, <laughs> That should be making me feel like a porn star. Like when I put these shirts on and like all I see is just, I'll be like, oh God, like yeah, it's embarrassing trying on shirts. It's embarrassing. Cause some, exactly. Because sometimes I feel like, oh, I don't want to wear this because I'm not, like when I wear it, it's not chilling. Like when I wear it, it's like provocative. Like, and that stops me from getting like certain things or, or like wearing like certain things to like work or things like that. Cause I'm like, oh, when I wear it, it's gonna be like, whoa, mama. I just wanna thank God to ASOS, which is who who are creating fuller bust tank tops um and fuller bust bikini tops. Because I just think that all tops should be more customized to people's um, tops because, you know, some people do that triangle that makes me feel like, what the fuck am I supposed to do with this? That fits perfectly for another person. So it's like, mm-hmm. that's great. But please start to get like a more robust, fuller, fuller, fuller bust category because there are a lot of people out here who literally cannot fit these tops. I'm mm-hmm. like, damn, I look crazy in a, in a t-shirt or a tank top or a crop top sometimes all because they have not taken an account to, for the fact that if somebody is a large, extra large, don't you think they might need a little bit more like space? Yeah, dummies. Like this, the ratio, the, the cup of the cup should go up with the ratio or the width of the, I don't know. I just need to learn how to sew. And that's, that's all I'm learning. That's how I, feel I just be too. want to make my own shit because it's just not working these days. That's how I feel too. Like also like I'm, I really want to get into like for real corset training and like I have gotten corsets from uh, Amazon um, and I'm like, that shit don't hit. Cause first of all, the corset that I have to get, I have to get in a six X. This was a size up in corsets anyway, but it don't fit really how I want. Like my titties, first of all, it's supposed to be a corset supposed to push up. Sometimes my titties be like flying over it, and I'm like, wait a minute, that's yeah. Not I need you to cup it. I need to feel like two hands is holding my titties. Like that's what I wanted yeah, to feel for like. Sure. Oh, Come on. But that was us just unpacking our beef, and honestly, unpacking our beef more than the myths. It's just that's that's our beef with the beauty yeah. industry and stuff right now. Let us know what y'all beefs are, and remember. Make sure you keep an eye out on the socials because next week we will be recording on our fifth birthday and then our show will be dropping the day after. So keep an eye out on the socials. We have some special news to announce. Um, That's it for this week's episode. Make sure y'all hit us up on the socials at Black Girl Brunch on Instagram, BLK Girl Brunch on Twitter. You can also hit us up on the email at blackgirlbrunch at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Instagram at imamate and on Twitter Twitter at it's Matei and Sabria. It's Frankenfem on Instagram and Frankenfem underscore on Twitter. All right, that's it. That's the show. Bye. Peace.